So just before we finish up today's show, I want to let you know about my next group program, my health kickstart and detox. The best way to start diving into your health, if this is what you're doing and my podcast is motivating you to get started, is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that, as well as digestion, because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. And so I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body, as well as sugar. Where is it sneaking into your diet, even when you're trying to be careful? Unfortunately, it's in everything these days, and so it does tend to sneak in. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success on your detox program providing recipes and meal plans, etc., so that you can truly enjoy the benefits of getting those toxins out. I've never had someone get to the end of my program and go, gee, I wish I didn't do that. Instead, I get to hear all of their amazing success stories like, wow, my, I have such mental clarity now. My aches and pains are gone. I'm sleeping better. My bloating and gas and indigestion is gone. So I love hearing that. It motivates me to keep sharing with others because I truly do believe when we get the toxins out, when we create a body that is inhospitable to disease and we make it a lifestyle, that we can get rid of the chronic illness that we have in our world today. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. And if you have any questions, book a call with me so we can chat and figure out, is this the right program for you? I look forward to hearing from you. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am Melissa Dealey, your host, and today I am bringing to you another wonderful guest, Peter Birkin. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for putting me on your show. I'm, I'm excited to have you here and share you with the audience. So just to introduce you a little bit, Peter Birkin is a dad, a teacher, success coach, and consultant. He created a blueprint to help bullyproof schools and communities. As a bullyproof expert, he helps eradicate bullying, enhance self-esteem, manage anger, increase financial literacy, etc. He believes if we have healthy city public schools, the planet will heal. And I couldn't agree more. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show. But first, Peter, if you can share a little bit of your background that what led you into this work. Very good. Well, 
I had two nervous breakdowns in college. And when I came out in July of 1991, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And I was spent one day with my mom bored. So I said to my mom, I need to have uh, structure in my day. So I started up at a day treatment program the very next day. And what happened was, too, my sister approached me to start coaching football, which at the time I didn't think I could do anything anymore because uh, soon after I was eligible for disability income. So they were deeming me as mentally ill who couldn't work and could basically live from disability income the rest of my life. That's how mental health was back then. So that's quite a message they're giving you as a young college student that they've basically given up on you and here's your support system. And then that's the message that you have going into your mind that I'm not good enough and I can't function. And they're telling me I can't function. And that's right. And what happened was with coaching football, I became of service to the young men, the seventh and eighth graders. So that allowed me to be in service. And then I learned and grew from the groups. Yeah. And the structure of the day and working through what I thought were problems at the time, I was able to get over a girlfriend who uh, dropped the relationship because I got sick the second time. So she, she did tell me that if I got sick again, she would, she would stop dating me. So that was my first real significant loss of a relationship. So all that was going on at the time. Within six months, I started substitute teaching. Um, I started feeling a lot better, and I started my career in teaching in, at the end of 91. And then I went on to teach over 22 years, and I also coached 20 years of athletic sports for 20 years. I did that, too. So I was, I was wow. giving back for all the sports that I used to do. Yeah, I love all of that. And I what's coming to me is that, your sister really gave you the direction that you needed. And what a beautiful gift that is. She was maybe just looking for a volunteer, not even realizing what she was giving you in that moment. And you had the courage to say yes, despite what you'd been told, that you weren't good enough, that you weren't going to be able to function, said yes. And, you know, this episode is coming out in December, and that is a, a season of of peace, of joy, but also of giving. And you got so much out of being in service. It sounds like that was a huge step in your ability to have, you know, value, have some confidence in yourself to move forward. And I love that about service and say that, or not often, but have said it before that when we are in service, it's yes, we're giving to the other person, but we're giving so much to ourselves. Yes. And that's what you got from it. So I absolutely love that. And then going on from there to substitute teach and teach and coach for 20 more years. Yes. That's, that's a wonderful story. And, you know, thankfully mental health has, in, has evolved significantly over that time, but I'm just curious that, did you ever go back to whomever it was, counselors or doctors that suggested you should be on disability, et cetera, and that you weren't going to amount to much to show them what you could do, what you I, did? 
I didn't, but I'm very active in the Mental Health Association here in Rochester, New York, which is a mm-hmm. non-for-profit that helps people with mental illness. Mm-hmm. I also do things with NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, to help people. I'm also a peer specialist with the, with the business, so I lead groups and things like that. So I'm giving back to the mental health field of people who feel they're limited based on this stigma of mental illness. So they can overcome it and hopefully get inspired by my stories that I share and the way I present myself. I love that you're giving back and sharing that way. And I'm just thinking back to when we first met as well, that I recall you telling me that you also healed your gut health issues. Am I remembering that correctly? Well, I no, I don't. I know you brought that up in email. I should have brought this up ahead of time. I I'm in good health. So. Um, I don't think I had gut issues at any time. Um, I do take supplements, which helps. Right. Um, so I do worry about the gut health mm-hmm. because there's such a connection between the brain. That's and why I was health. asking. And for some reason, I thought you had mentioned that you had, but that's awesome that you're proactive in your gut health because you know of that gut brain connection as well. So that's right. I love that. Amazing. So on that note, let's talk about your best practices. What is it that you do in order to prioritize your mental health, your physical health every single day? Very good. So when I'm at my best, I walk every day. Mm -hmm. I stretch and just get loosened up before I do that. I eat well as much as humanly possible, I think. I take uh, supplements, which helps me. And also, uh, let's see. I do a lot of learning and growing every day. Mm-hmm. So I study. I have a number of certifications in life coaching. And I want to keep learning and growing. Because when I got out of the hospital the second time, Melissa, I chose not to open up a book anymore because I was so burned out from school. Right. And then I stumbled on the idea that not only do I have to have structure and be of service, but I had to read books again, books that would be self-develop me and make me stronger and healthier. So I read every day. I uh, enjoy books. And- I love that you've said that. And I actually relate to that because I remember when I finished university and even going through high school, I remember traveling with my family and I'd go through airports and I see all these books that I'd want to read, but I couldn't read because I was so bogged down with my required reading <laughs> that I didn't have time to read for joy. Right. And then, but when I finished university, I was just so burned out from all that study that I didn't want to go back to school. I didn't, I felt like I didn't want, that was it. That was my learning. I was done. Now let me get into the real world. Right. And, you know, then I was in the corporate world and I continued, I got, you know, read for pleasure, but I didn't really do a lot of learning until I got out of the corporate world. And then it was like, okay, who am I? What do I want to do next? And then I came back into that learning and personal growth journey. And now I've realized, oh my goodness, like there's so much here. And this is a journey that I never want to have stop. And it's kind of a shame that university can be so intense that it burns us out to a point where we feel like we're done and we don't want to learn or don't want to read anymore. 
Um, cause mm-hmm. you're not the only one I've definitely been there. And I lost, you know, a lot of years of being in that mindset until I finally figured out there's a lot to continued learning and joyful reading in our continued growth. That's right. So that's awesome. So you're reading every day. What else are you doing besides I don't, mentioned? I already? don't watch the news or read newspapers. Very I've been good on point. a mental diet from that for about 15 years. I call that a detox. Yep. <laughs> My students were the headlines in the news. So I it made me sad to see right. them dying and going yes. to jail. And so what I did is I took a, a healthy mental diet. I also, my brother, my oldest brother, God rest his soul, he dated a clinical hypnotherapist and she asked me, Peter, what do you want to work on? And I said, anger. So I changed all my thinking. So mm-hmm. I went from negative thinking to reframing or put positive thoughts in my head. And over time, it's optimism at the top level right now. I really don't feel negative thinking, um, that kind of thing. And overall, I'm very much an optimist and I can see myself being a true game changer if we have the openness and willingness of these high schools, especially to take me on as a consultant to Mm -hmm. help transform schools into peaceful places for kids to go to school and learn well. I love what you mentioned about the clinical hypnotherapist because I'm trained in hypnotherapy as well and timeline therapy and NLP and all of that is working with our unconscious mind to release what is no longer serving and be able to reprogram and, you know, start thinking the way that we want to be thinking and focusing on what we want instead of what we don't want in order to live a truly magnificent life. And it's so powerful that we can reprogram our brain in that way. And yet so many people don't realize that we can do that and they think they're stuck and having this information get out there and having you be a consultant in the high schools and sharing this information with them, it will change the world because our kids that are going to school and feeling unsafe, what is that doing to their nervous system? What is that doing to their mental health coming out into the real world after all these years of of fear? So this is powerful work that you're doing. I love it. Thank you. So, I know that you love to help people overcome anger. Do you have specific steps to helping people do that? Or how do you work with people to teach them to overcome or or manage their anger better? I had a student that told me that he fights and he is told after the fight that he was even in a fight. I was like, what do you mean by that? So I told him to present that to the to boys it was a class full of boys and he said that um he fights blacks out which i found out is a real condition so what i did is i did my research and signed up for the mental health association anger management workshop so i took six weeks mondays for three hours and one of the keys to managing anger is to notice your triggers Mm mm-hmm and then once you become aware of what sets you off, you can acknowledge it and then say to yourself, I do have a choice now to not let this anger me anymore. And because you're consciously thinking about it, you're like, I am going to choose to do better now. 
I know I learned the other day that we learn in pictures. Our mind learns in pictures. Right. So when I'm in a car, which I'm an ex road rager, I used to road rage pretty badly. And if I have a picture in my mind of driving someone off the road, for instance, which I didn't go that far with it. Right. If I change the picture, for instance, having a dandelion, if someone cuts me off at, in traffic, take a dandelion and blow the dandelion weed and visualizing that going into the universe and then having thoughts of that person going to their destination quicker than most cutting people off in traffic, get there safely so they can make their appointment on time. So I'm totally got a different picture in my brain, which is going to elicit a different feeling in my body. Mm. What used to being rage to me now brings common peacefulness because of the way I changed the picture in my brain. I love this. It's so in alignment with my NLP training of, you know, that picture in our brain, the video of our lives, and then that image basically creates how we feel, right? And then how we feel dictates how we behave. So if we change the picture, it changes how we feel, which changes how we behave. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. And, love that. it comes down to perspective. Yes. Perspective. Yes. And another thing is I'm a trained passion test facilitator. Janet Brayatwood and Chris Atwood, the author of the passion test, trained me personally. And they taught us the nature's guidance system, which I present in a three-hour workshop, which is conflict resolution on steroids. And uh, to me, I don't let anger ever get to me. You know, some people say it's a human emotion, but when I have, I'm in recovery of anger, basically. Mm -hmm. I have no room in my life to have anger. I could get frustrated, fine. I'll give you an example, like customer service. I have no business setting them off and making them have a bad day. So what I do is stay calm. And then if I think they're just operating off the script and can't help me, I ask for the supervisor. And that whole time I have a time to reflect and, and stay calm. Uh, but I don't get angry anymore, which is powerful. And a big part of it, 50% of it is the nature's guidance system, which is what Janet and Chris trained me in as a, as a passion test facilitator, which is lovely. Well, and I love hearing that you have, you know, overcome anger and that you recognize you have no space for it in your life. And in, in that recognition, you're recognizing that you always have a choice in how you respond, right? And you've done enough work and personal growth to get to a place where you recognize your triggers and then you make a choice as to how you respond, right? You're not just going trigger, react, trigger, react. You've got that little separation where you can make a choice as to how you react. And here's the thing I've learned in my life, and I've seen it, I've experienced, I do it, is that when you are kind to people, especially when you are asking for something, even if you're asking for something because a situation has is negatively influenced you, for instance, I use this all the time with flights and travel, right? How many times have flights been delayed, flights been canceled, da, 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 da. You can't get where you're going on time. You can go and yell at the customer service rep all you like. Everyone else is yelling at them and they're going to put up a wall and they're going to say no. But when you go in and you're kind and you say, you know, 
I know everyone here is inconvenienced and now they're all yelling at you and you don't deserve that, blah, blah, blah. And you make your ask, who are they going to help? You. Exactly. It works. Kindness works. And it's a shame that it, the first response in so many cases is anger. Because there's something else I've learned on my personal growth journey, and that is that everything happens for a reason. And when we take that attitude, it again gives us that moment of why is this happening? It's happening for me. It's not happening to me. Why is this happening? And get curious because that also allows you to get out of that place of anger and learn from that experience. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I like to say before the nature's guidance system, I like to talk about boundaries. Mm -hmm. I spoke to the author and I said, your program is great if you're frustrated or angry. And I told Janet, I was like, I think if you set up healthy boundaries during a, a space and time when you're with your partner or friend or loved one or an acquaintance and just set up healthy boundaries. And I'll give you an example. If you're in a relationship with your partner and one of the things that sets you off is someone raising their voice at you, I actually had one boundary with someone I dated and all it was was she couldn't raise her voice to me. Because mm-hmm. that, that made it where I wouldn't feed into it. And then the next thing, you know, a lot of people will swear when they're – language goes up in volume and stuff like that. So it was pretty happy and harmonic, the relationship we had, because we never raised our voice toward each other. So it was very nice. And boundaries are so, so important as well. And I was just on a a summit yesterday where I was talking about that to female entrepreneurs, right? And there's so many reasons that we might want to have boundaries in our life. And that's a great example. You know, often when we're feeling taken advantage of, or there's drama in our life, those are clues that we need to be setting more boundaries or stronger boundaries. Or if we're feeling frustrated, that's sometimes a sign that we've broken our own boundaries and we need to look at that as well. So yes, boundaries are very, very important. And what a great, what a great boundary to set because many people are triggered by that raised voice and, uh, and I'm one of them too. So my husband knows that. And, you know, if, if he's, I don't yell, if he starts yelling, then I'm just like, can we take five minutes, calm down and then talk about it? Cause I'm not talking about it right now. Because my brain shuts down when someone starts yelling at me. I can't even think. <laughs> so we need to go away so that we can come back and talk about it when we when I can think, right? So uh, love that. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there's a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. Another point that you have here, which I'd love to chat about is just if you're feeling good in recovery, stay on the medications that are making it work. Um, that's a that's a very personal 
uh, topic and some people are trying to wean themselves off, which I don't ever recommend. I think it should always be done by a doctor, but there are, you know, ways to come off your medications. And then there are also times that, that you need to stay on them. So I'd love to hear you share about that. Yes. I've been on at least one pill since 91. And I had 29 years of recovery of not having episodes to go to the hospital. Recently, this was, I think, three years ago now, um, I had an incident in my son's basketball gym where I was escorted out of the, I was dragged out of the gym and it caused me to have a psychotic episode. It ended me 30 days in the hospital. And so it ended 29 years of recovery. Since then, I've been in the hospital a number of times because I'm, I'm like, I'm not figuring out things. And then they started, the first thing they ask you in the hospital is, are you taking your meds? And they assume you, you stop taking them. So they put you on other meds while you're in the hospital. So over a month ago, it got really bad for me. And I tried to commit suicide. And I, when I was in the emergency department, I said to the person, I said, the staff, I said, I need to go on medicine that I had 29 years of recovery on. Because at the time I was taking a, a shot in the arm, it was held off. I was taking 1,500 milligrams of Depakote, and I was taking this drug called Latuda. These three things, I have no idea what they're doing to my body. Right. I just know that I try to commit suicide on this. And so it's not working for you. Cocktail of medicine. Right. And thank, thank God crying out with that act mm-hmm. got me to be on meds that my body is familiar with. Right. That I had all the good recovery on. So right. I'm feeling great again. And I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much. And I don't know if I would have got to that point if I didn't act out. I would have been stuck taking the same meds and I would have been paranoid, not leaving my apartment and all those things. So the point is to stay on the meds, the maintenance medicine when you're feeling good. Yeah, you keep using what's working for you. Right. And then under doctor's care, if you want to wean off a little bit of the medicine at a time that that would work under doctor supervision. It must be though. absolutely under doctor supervision. Yes. Because there's many people that try to do this on their own and I would not recommend that at all. No. I remember when my son was really young, one thing I did with my, my son, I have a 19 year old son is I raised them not hitting him nor saying anything unkind to him which was different than when I got raised in my household. My mom and dad did the best they could with what they knew at the time of good parenting, but they also did things that caused trauma. Right. And they were parenting likely the way they were parented. Right. So I wanted my son to have a generation of not being harmed by his dad or, or said unkind things. Right. So there was one time when he was about two years old and he was in the grocery store and I was trying to do the meds on my own. Right. And I remember having his fingers in my mouth mm-hmm. going, I was ready to, to do the worst thing. 
because I wasn't on enough of the medicine they had me on. Right. Because I stopped taking it cold turkey is what happened. Right. So there are doctors, there are the miracle of these medicines. It could be for heart. It could be for cancer. It could be for mental illness. They're gifts. They're they're not to be. See, the thing is, I think mental illness is still such a stigma on it. And people think we're dangerous to ourselves and others that it's still we're in the dark uh, with with suicide and mental illness. And there needs to be more funding and training and awareness around people who have schizophrenia or bipolar or any of these other diagnoses. Yeah. And so that's why I absolutely love what you're doing and the work you're trying to do and being a consultant to high schools and bringing this out in the open. And uh, our local high school, when my kids are out of high school now, but when they were in high school, they had a group come in and talk about mental illness. And one of the things that they said really stuck with me. We openly talk about our physical health. Why can't we openly talk about our mental health? It's just as much a part of us as our physical health. And that's their work that they're trying to get to is to bring these conversations out in the open so that it's all accepted. All of us have some kind of, you know, mental health going on at any given time and that we should be free to talk about it as opposed to feeling stigmatized and being afraid of it. And when we can get to that point, we can all help each other to a far greater degree and the work that you're doing is helping get bring that out in the open too. So let's talk about that a little bit more here because I love what you're creating in terms of bullyproofing city public high schools and peaceful rooms. So if you can share a little bit about that, I would love it. Yes. First thing I'd like to do is train all staff, administrators and teachers in life coaching skills. And Right now, our students do not feel acknowledged and validated when it comes to bullying. So, you know, a lot of times they're told they're snitching, they're all this negative stuff versus acknowledging that Jesus got hurt, either physically or with words. That as a teacher, if a student approaches me, it's more like, I'm sorry that happened in my classroom. And how are you feeling now? Are you... Did you you get hit in the head or what? And then from there, I'll empower the student and ask them, what do you think I should do about this? And I'll take their recommendation on it too, just based on how they feel about it. Peace rooms are a place where I would go in and train the staff running the room in life coaching skills Because as a life coach, a success coach, I'm only going to treat my students with the utmost respect. And some of the things I I see in the peace room is our students being acknowledged and validated, not to make it seem like they made this mistake that can't be corrected. And, And just being really respectful to them, knowing that we don't always see eye to eye with our teachers or staff and that within a day or two or however long they're in a peace room, that they're going to be okay. And, and we're still going to love and embrace them, even though they, you know, had a mistake that day 
we're still going to work nicely with them and with respect. I love that. So it's a place students are choosing to go, I'm presuming, as opposed to a place they're sent to. (laughs) This is going to be what used to be called in-school suspension. Right. It's going to be run with dignity. Right. Right. Um, it's, It's a peace room in the sense that they're still going to have expectations of getting the work done so they don't fall behind in their academics. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a, a master level teacher coach who can not only work with the mind, but can also help them with the schoolwork. Right. So they don't fall behind in school. Right. And as you said, to support them, respect them, validate them as a human being. And as you've also said, that doesn't always happen. So often it's that teacher talking down to the student type relationship and the student feeling inferior and unworthy. Right. So something else that you said earlier, um, possibly even before we started the recording, was just talking about your work in helping students build self-confidence, have resilience, build self-worth in order to bully proof them. So I'd love you to share a little bit more about that too. So making our kids, having them become aware that their thoughts create their reality. And I do think I'll break through laser coaching that I learned from IPAC and that our thoughts, now that I know we have visual representations before we have a feeling, mm-hmm. From our feelings and emotions, you make choices and that your behavior gets these results. Well, if your thoughts are more positive and you can overcome your limiting beliefs, which we all have, mm-hmm. we call them gales, the gremlin, the inner critic, yes. <laughs> assumptions, yep. interpretations, and limiting beliefs. When you can overcome the stinking thinking and the should-haves, the should-haves, should have, woulda, coulda. And overcome those beliefs, you can literally start to manifest what you got on your mind. And you will be at a higher frequency to start attracting the people you desire in your life. But you, it's an inside game. And, you know, Bob Proctor, Mary Morsey, all these yeah. great people yeah. will tell you that once you change your paradigm and, and get your energy level higher, you will start to attract people at that higher energy level. And bully-proofing means that you become so well inside that you will not attract the bully anymore. And if you do attract the bully in the beginning, you will have the confidence to say the right thing to the bully to have him stop. It could be, say, something like, let's go to the coffee shop to let's instead be friends instead of you trying to hurt me physically or verbally. But having the confidence to say to this person trying to bully you, I'd rather work with you in a positive way and maybe we can become friends too, that kind of thing. I love that. And again, this is all in alignment with all of my NLP training. And I've often thought while you know reading, writing, arithmetic, science, all of those things are important to learn at school, I wish all of this that I've learned in my 40s and 50s, I wish we could actually be teaching it at school. And so, you know, you wanting to be a consultant in the school systems and creating peace rooms and teaching all of this is beautiful because 
imagine what the next generation could be if they actually started learning all of this around how their mind works at such a young age that they realize they have a choice that, you know, they do create their reality with their thoughts and that they're literally creating their own reality every single day. And then when we shift our energy level, that also shifts how we live our life because we're attracting people at the same energy level. And, uh, very, very powerful. When we're living in those higher energy emotions of joy, happiness, peace, love, that's a very different place from living in those lower emotions of, you know, hate and anger and frustration and hurt. And that again, we have a choice to lift ourselves out of that and move into those higher emotions. But we first need to know that that's even possible. And so that's what would be wonderful if it was taught in high schools. So kudos to you for the work that you're doing and paying it forward from your own experience and helping, you know, make life better and easier for the next generation. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much for the work you do as a podcast host. Hostess. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. So as we wrap up, um, I always love to ask my guests, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? That means to me is you have to assert yourself to have good health. So that means setting boundaries for yourself, that you're going to get the proper amount of sleep, that you're going to eat well, you're going to exercise and do all the, the wellness wheel, if you will, all the categories of life and do it as extraordinarily. Try to max it out in 10 out of 10 in each category of life to bring joy and fulfillment in your life. And don't wait for the doctor to tell you it's too late. You got this when right now you can choose to change your thoughts on your health and all these things to start doing very well for yourself. I love it. And, you know, changing your thoughts is so important to your health as well. And again, it's coming back to the mind body connection this time that what we think where we put our focus is what we attract more of right and so if we're thinking negatively about our health or we're believing we're going to get some illness because genetics tells us so we can actually manifest that which we don't want to be doing right so let's change our thoughts around our health around our life. So we're manifesting what we want rather than what we don't want. And I love that you said, don't wait for a doctor to tell you that you've got something. It doesn't have to be that way. And you can reach out to people like you to get support with that. So I love it. So on that note, how do people connect with you? And I know that you have a very generous gift for my audience. So I would love you to share that. Great. I'm offering your audience a half hour of free coaching session. And I'm also going to say that up until March 31st, if you'd like to work with me beyond the free session, we will work until March 31st without paying me. So that could be that could work for the first 10 people that want to have the first half hour session. I will just continue to work with you. I am a graduate of IPEC. And that's one place I graduated from. I also am working towards my certification in the peace process and miracle work with Christian Nicholson. So I really feel like I can help people eliminate their limiting beliefs and bring peace to themselves based on this process. And this can be done as easy as 
and a half hour coaching session on Zoom or in person. That is so, so generous for you to be offering some pro bono work. So everybody listening, if you're struggling right now, if you need help with mental health, if you've got anger management issues, whatever that is, reach out to Peter, book that first 30 minute session. And there may be that opportunity for you to continue working with him for the next, you know, the first quarter of 2023. So thank you so much. So how do people get hold of you, Peter? You may reach me at Gmail, and my address is P is in Peter Birkin, B-U-R-K-I-N at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook and we can become friends and just mention in the messenger that we met through the podcast of Melissa's podcast. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And so any last messages that you would like to leave the audience with to inspire them to take action today? Yes. Future generation. Uh, I'll, I'll start with that. Plan parenting. So what I mean by that is before you conceive a child to change your environment by your thoughts and your words alone. So when you're thinking of having a child, you know, we've heard of prenatal care and stuff like that. I go a step further and say, you're planning to conceive a child, make it miraculous right from the start by changing thoughts and words and the way you communicate with your partner, if it's, you know, your partner, and make it as a nice of an environment as you can based on the energy you put out there by thought and word alone. That's beautiful. And I have never actually heard someone talk about that before, but how important is it? Because that fetus can pick up on the energy of the parents, can actually hear parents talking, arguing, all of that. And so if you have found a place of peace and harmony in your relationship, then that baby through its nine months of development is getting to develop in a place of peace and harmony. And that just sets them up for success in life to a far greater degree than if they're hearing, you know, anger and fear and frustration throughout those nine months. So I love it. I'm going to start talking about that too, prenatal care and prenatal mental care. So wonderful. Thanks so much for being on the show, Peter. And thank you to my audience for continuing to tune in. This is my last episode for 2022. I'm taking a break next week and we'll come back in 2023. So wishing everyone a fabulous new year. And I look forward to you joining me in 2023. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.